0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. We're back. We're, we're mostly back. I'm Michael Zalavari. Joining me today is Kiwi Chris, 1709. Hello, Kiwi. Welcome back.
1: Hello, Michael. It's been far, far too long, but good Lord, have we got a good reason to get up today.
0: It has been far too long. It's been crazy. Life has been all over the place, and podcasting has been hard. But you are correct. We are back with a vengeance because it is... The Bathurst 1000, the Super... well, chi- oh, no, it's the Repco Bathurst 1000 now. Uh, the best, the premier event in the motorsport calendar for Australia, and it is an event very close to both you and I in our motorsport watching landscape. Isn't that right?
1: Absolutely. It's uh, where, you know, one of the first motorsport events I went to. I was at the mountain uh, for the 1000, and just as someone who grew up in this part of the world, it's something that I've watched religiously for many, many years. And it, it- continue to do. It is the race that stops the nation
0: in Australia, really. You know, we talk about that with the Melbourne Cup, which is a horse race that no one cares about. But for for people who don't follow supercars, everyone follows the the Bathurst One Thousand. It's, it's it's just that one race that everyone sort of knows about. It doesn't really stop one nation; it stops two. Well, yeah, absolutely, and especially with the the strong Kiwi contingent this year as well.
1: Looking forward to this year' strong Kiwi contingent. We've got. Four high quality names in the field, and it's going to be a long time for a few of these guys since they've seen them race. So, looking forward to seeing how they go. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a, a bit of a truncated.
0: Well, no, sorry, this is the return to normal. I, I think you know we've had Bathurst in December, we've had Bathurst in you know September or whenever it was, but now this is back to normal. Bathurst in October, the the, the second weekend in October, and it's that it's it just feels right. It's that time of year again.
1: Where it should be and back to the original start time too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, well, after, well, after running it a bit later last year, um, to get, get out of the summer sun or more into the summer sun, let's be real. Um, it is going to be nice to see it back at the normal time. Uh, and you might mention as well, a few of these guys haven't seen the mountain for a while. There's been a, a significant reduction in the support category action that have been at the mountain and so it means for guys that you know would have had a chance to get their eye in in a support category last year or the year before that hasn't really happened so for a lot of the younger Mm -hmm. guys it's going to be their first go properly at the mountain
1: yeah Uh, with the support categories or other series that would normally run here uh haven't been able to run people can't get over from new zealand or other parts of the world to get here to race in it but covid i mean according to the australian government covid has gone yeah, it hasn't, but it's gone, well, it's gone enough for this race.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I guess maybe, I don't know. Let's, let's avoid that conversation. Let's talk instead, uh, about the fact that it's not the season finale anymore, which I think may push teams to make some different decisions you know last year or I mean not that last year anyone really cared about the championship because Van Giersbergen had already won it anyway but you know it, there is still that question mark over if you screw up this race you screw up the your championship but you do have the time to recover from that now uh, afterwards
1: you do uh, admittedly at some of the really more difficult racetracks to recover from Bedwick into Bathurst at, at mm. Gold Coast Adelaide yeah I'm happy to have Adelaide back No doubt you are. Uh, But having said that, I don't think the championship's going to be that much in play this weekend because, no, let's be real. Let's be wrapped up already.
0: Yeah, well, okay. We'll talk a brief bit about that um, in a moment. But before we crack into what's happened this year in Supercars, Kiwi, what's some of your best Bathurst memories?
1: For me, obviously, the year I was there was... Way back in the mid-2000s with Triple uh, Eight completing their 3 feet. Yep. That was a mega memory for me. Um, it was also the year that Team Kiwi had their Lazarus moment. All right. After having a after having monumental shunt at Reed Park. Yep. And got back out on track? Um, on Sunday. Uh, wow. I didn't exactly finish the race, but the fact they were even starting, it was a miracle. Um, the, the way I still remember the way the crowd absolutely erupted uh, when they opened the garage on Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's you love to
1: see that. You do. Uh, there was also the weekend we had this epic five-wide mini finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, the old mini challenge um, days.
1: Mini challenge with Boris said. and the wheel Oh, far out. <laughs> and I think there was. I think in that year as well, uh, John Hardoff was in the commentary box doing truck radio. Really? Two, what? two thousand and eight. I think so. Whoa, that's it was either him it was either him or um Eddington. That's that's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty insane. What a um, weird vision yeah, of worlds. I know, right? Holy cow. Yeah. Um and obviously twenty twelve has pretty was it twenty twelve? The race had never ended.
0: Uh what do you mean?
1: Or twenty fourteen. Twenty
0: fourteen is the one the... that went on for like yeah. Yeah, is the crazy one where just no one knew what was happening and even after the race finished.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I was, I was reading about that one where um it was the first race where first and second had 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 significant crashes until still on the podium.
0: Yeah, and well, uh first place, Monster and uh Paul Morris. If you don't know what we're talking about by the way, the 2014 Bathurst has been called the best Bathurst or the great race because it was just chaos from start to finish uh for context mm-hmm. here and we're gonna spoil the result but like as soon as you see anything about the result you're gonna have the result spoiled for you um if you haven't seen it um Chaz Mostert and paul morris won the race after starting from last on the grid crashing at uh griffin's bend uh having a pit lane drive-through penalty uh and not leading a lap until the very last lap of the race <laughs> And that, and that's yeah. not even that's not even half the story of the race. There were so many things that were going on in that race. It was just
1: redonkulous. It was an absolute epic. Um, second place in that race, by the way. Can remember who was second in that race?
0: I do. It was Taz Douglas, and I can't remember his co-driver, but it was in the Norton Hornets, the Nissan.
1: Yes, remember where that car ended up during the race?
0: Uh, also in the wall at the Griffins Bend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. There was a bit uh, of that. Uh, the, uh, was, I think that was Listen's Nessin, best result in the whole time they were in the race. And third place was Nick Perker, Ollie Gavin. Ollie Gavin, really? Wow, Ollie, Ollie Gavin, yeah. So that was a, that was an absolutely epic race. Uh, almost been past my bedtime, but <laughs> well worth it. Yeah, that, um, that, that was a chaotic of big memories. Pardon. What about, what about you? What are your memories just, from this
0: great race? So, 2014, of course, is up there. I remember I was lying in my bed, uh, just just watching that race from start to finish, and uh, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time was confused as to why I was getting so overly emotional about a motor race. Um, and <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> you, has she not watched Toyota at Le Mans, man? Geez, <laughs> that doesn't break you. You're, you're not human.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was a whole other level. Rookie. But yeah, so that that one's pretty high one up for me. I actually one of my first Bathurst memories is watching the old Super Tura era, um the 1998 race. I have a vivid memory of watching um Stephen Richards versus Jim Richards in the Volvo versus the the Nissan Primera at the end of that race. Now, I would have been maybe 4 or 5 years old at that point, but I for some reason I remember that vividly. Um and I've actually got a poster of that race winning Volvo signed by Jim Richards, uh, under my bed at the moment. Uh, so that one's a pretty big one for me.
1: Um, the missing premiere
0: Yeah, I know. Right. What a, <laughs> what a throwback that is. Um, but there's just so many things like you, you watch this every, every race has its own sort of flavor. You know, there's the, the 2005 where it's, you know, building, building, bubbling, and then it kicks off, uh, with, you know, the chaos of the, the cutting and, You know, then on the other hand, you have 2017 with the rain, you know, how everyone... Somehow there was no crashes in the dreadful conditions where all the co-drivers were in, where Gary Jacobson made his name, where, uh, you know, Richie Stanaway made his name. But then as soon as the track dried a little bit, everyone kicked off. And that was, you know, the chaos where David Reynolds was the car best positioned to win that race. No one expected that. You know, you know those sort of things where it's just, the the only thing you can predict is how unpredictable the race is going to be. And yeah, that, I that just those sort of things always gets me about, about Bathurst.
1: Yeah, and um, it's just the story it tells, uh, and watching it unfold. Uh, like the story never seems to deviate from the last hour are always chaos, but leading up to that point and leading anything after that point, you just don't know what's going to happen.
0: Or well, it's not necessarily that it's always chaos. That there's always something at, in the last hour. You know, even Oh sorry. When,
1: yeah, when I say chaos, I mean there's always something new. Yeah, like
0: even he, even when. It was, you know, the 2012 race where there wasn't a safety car for the last third of the race, but you had David Reynolds on Winkup's bumper for 20 laps with Craig Lowndes running through the field behind them. You know, you've got 2011 where the same thing was Garth Tander and Craig Lowndes. You know, those, there's always something in that last hour that just charges it.
1: I think back to uh, redress, right, redress, redress Gate. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard word to say. Was that, that was a 2017? Uh,
0: 2016, I think. Yes. Yeah. That was... The... Um,
1: yeah. We were three continuing con- 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 cars, took themselves out over an absolutely controversial moment involving Jamie Winkup, who ended up crossing the line first, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, he did. He won the race, but with a penalty in his back pocket to take. So, yeah. And that race, by the way, um, is the closest finish in the Bathurst 1000 history between uh, Will Davison and Shane Van Gisbergen uh, at like 0.13 of a second. So, you know, it set up a grandstand finish again because the last hour charges everything up again.
1: So what we're saying is just sit down all day. You're never going to get a bad... Bad experience watching this race.
0: Exactly, it's a bit like Lamar. Even just the, the seeing the cars lap around Bathurst is a is a privilege unto itself. Uh, Kiwi, what's your favourite part of the track?
1: You know the changes every goddamn year. <laughs> exactly. That's why that's why I ask you every year. Yeah, uh, can I just say that from turn one to turn twenty
0: three? I mean, yeah, but then what about the-, the main straight?
1: I suppose you got that three hundred meter stretch between the two. <laughs> um. Really the the run to the chase gets me every year. Yeah. It's just so ridiculously in, in concept and design. It's just so awesome. Like yeah. who would think the, the way to make a track safer is to flick them into to a corner at three hundred K an hour? The mad who would think that. Madman, right? Yeah.
0: It's it is a pretty nuts uh, piece of racetrack. And we've seen some spectacular crashes there as well.
1: We have. Uh, of course, it was put in because of one crash, it took the life of somebody, and then the FAA rules mm. were like, You you need to break this straight up. So they did. Uh, but it produces great action. Yes, you've mentioned some crashes, which is not ideal. Uh, they are generally spectacular, whether they're Fabian card rolling over, uh, Stephen Richards styling through two cars on the track, uh, Valentino Rossi MotoGP style of Austria. Geez, yeah, that's a... um, yeah, uh, or whether it's um passes down the inside, trying to switch back on the exit of the chase, it never leads to dull racing.
0: Of course not. It's at,
1: a... at in rain. Oh yeah, boy, it's absolutely a phenomenal bit of road. I also love the run, uh, from the cutting up to McKillamy. Is that that run through
0: this sort of Reed Park metal? Uh, yeah, through metal Great.
1: The left-right at Reed Park, where you see them just come over the hill, right out to the left, right out sideways, escape you would say, getting inches from the wall, then flicking it back the other way. Uh, we've seen a few cars get that wrong, and it's not its not exactly hard to do that there. Mm. Um, Scott Pye is one who I remember vividly in the Xbox car, went in hard for that piece of track. Um, absolutely brutal, but absolutely so much fun, so so good to watch such good imagery as well. And of course, me, middle Grey. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's your favorite too, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love the
0: run from Reed Park through to middle grade. And then the, the tip over skyline every, every single year that I'm spectating at the Bathurst 12 hour, that's always where I sort of park myself. Cause I just love seeing the cars under load like that. Cause that's like in the supercars calendar. That's the highest load that they ever experience on any corner of the car because they're, they're dropping through metal great at 200 kilometers per hour, which means that they're getting down, like all the downforce is affecting as well. And then the track just bottoms out and then comes back up. And so you think you wouldn't want to be a front right tire metal great because that sounds like torture, but it's such a cool piece of road. And just to see these massive cars just get thrown through there at that sort of speed, it's just mental. The amount of commitment that you need to do that is
1: terrifying. The amount of commitment you need to do, the speeds they do on the road that is narrow as it is, with walls everywhere, is out of this world. Like, when we walked the track all those years ago, I'm looking at it going, I wouldn't want to do the 60k's around (laughs) here, which is the speed (laughs) limit.
0: Yeah, let alone doing 160.
1: Yeah, this one's doing double and almost triple that coming through McFindley Park. What on earth?
0: It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. That hump at the top of the hill where you just have to kind of... Float the car and then just hope that the front grips when you come down the other side. Like that's that's mental. Mm. I love it. Love um, this track.
1: I absolutely love it. I, I'm just I, I say this every year. Just go watch. This is Bathurst with Mark Larkham, please. Yeah, that's that. that was, yeah, uh, to- on on
0: that note, a Mark Larkham does a fantastic job, but b the broadcasters do a fantastic job of communicating this event. Like it is, it is a special part of Australian motorsport and the broadcasters know that and they pay it a lot of respect and yeah. they, they're able to do a good job of conveying that without it being too cheesy. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but you know, if you, if you ever want to get hyped around Bathurst, like the supercars website has just so many videos and there's the YouTube channel has so many videos. There's so many things that you can do to, mm. to, to watch, uh, to, to understand and to get, to get hyped around this track and this event.
1: Yeah. Right, to give you an idea how seriously broadcasters, And Australia takes it. This is one of the sporting events that's on the anti siphon list, which is a list where Free to Air have to broadcast it. Mm. And That's a big deal. That's a massive deal. There's only a few events like AFL Grand Final, NRL Grand Final, World Cup that are on that list. And this pokey little race in the middle of Australia, three hours out of Sydney, is on that list.
0: It's pretty wild. And
1: because of that, because of that, and because of Foxtel mega dollars that's far in it as well, the production venue is something else. It really
0: is, and that's one of the sort of the privileges about being able to watch this race in a good time zone is that you get to appreciate that production value and you know get to compare it to the rest of the world and see that you know we're actually very lucky. So if you do have a chance to watch this from overseas, whether you've got SuperView or you've got other another way to access it. Just, just chuck it on for just the production value. It's something that other series should be aspiring to, in my opinion.
1: Oh, if if Le Mans was anywhere near this, it'd be such a such more elevated product. That if was they, great English, by me.
0: If if they could give Duncan Vincent like a, an LMP two car cutaway in in the garage to talk about things that are happening in the race with, like that's that's the sort of level that we want here.
1: Yeah, or give Duncan Duncan Vincent a Mark Larkham.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that too. <laughs>
1: That would be a combination I'd watch all day. Absolutely.
0: Uh, So we've talked a bit about Bathurst. Let's talk a bit about this season because this season has really been defined by one driver and one team and that is Triple Eight Race Engineering and that driver is a bloody Kiwi, Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah,
1: get in there, boy. He's just been unstoppable, hasn't he? He's been... He's scaring the other drivers with how good he is at the moment. So I can't think of any other way of putting it. So why why do you say scaring, though? What what makes it sort of scary? It's just, well, because he is so good, he's just able to put the car where he wants, to get past people when he wants. 95% of the field are just like, okay, see ya, bye. And it seems like there's very few drivers who are actually willing to go toe-to-toe with him at the moment. So and it speaks to the level of dominance he's had.
0: Yeah, so uh, who are the drivers that can go toe-to-toe them,
1: toe with him? So far, Cam Waters has been one who's really been willing to put the car where he needs to, to make it hard for him. Is there really um, anyone that. else? Uh, Deeper Squally's tried tried and stuffed up badly at Townsville. Well, that wasn't even, like... That,
0: that wasn't even really all that much of a... a a shot for deeper squally he just kind of threw it down the inside and hoped but i've noticed that every yeah, time deeper squally's been in a position to win a race he has not like every yes. time the, the he's been in a good position and he's had an svg behind him he's just not had the racecraft or the control or the 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 coolness
1: to keep that triple eight car behind him exactly and we've seen shane do some pretty insane stuff to get past the cars when he needs to ADP is making it so easy for him. Will Davison as well is another one. He's had, what, five, six chances to win races this year?
0: He has taken three, which is three. more than Anton, but he also has been let down a bit by his team with a pair of uh, pit lane penalties in race-winning positions for uh, having wheel guns still attached to the wheels as the car has been dropped.
1: Yeah, this is the This is reflecting very poorly on the pentaculous DJR.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I have, you have to say though that this season has been really, uh, you've you've really seen the sort of emergence of Cameron Waters. It's just a shame that he has uh a Shane Van Gisbergen to contend with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling that 24 drivers would be very happy to see Shane Van Gisbergen go do something, the other multitude of things he's done this year. Anything else? Um, we're we'll yeah. talking. We'll... I mean, if you have sure. got a Tarmac rally, race car driver who's going to be winning.
0: Come third and rallied. It is just kind of nuts how he's just able to do things that other drivers just shouldn't be able to do. Um, We will talk more about Van Gisbergen a bit later on, but I just want to talk a bit more about the season as it's been so far, particularly uh, some events, key events that we'll talk about. Um, We'll mention the the Bro Repairs Melbourne 400, the support event for the Australian Grand Prix, a few times because for a lot of drivers in the mid pack, that's been their best event. Um and that was a bit of a controversial event for a number of reasons, not least of all the tires, Kiwi.
1: Off the tires which were I mean we've seen this before in supercars. You've laid it you've laid new tr- rubber or laid new tarmac. And we've seen it at the bend. you laid new tarmac. The tires were so hard <laughs> But they were hard or soft, I remember. They were the softs, I think. Uh, were they yeah. It's I suppose, And they were just going, boom. Um, SVG had a puncture. I think the whole field had a puncture at some point.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, there were, it was a dual-tire um, compound weekend where you had to run the softs yeah. and the hards. And if you're on the softs for more than five laps, you were you were risking a puncture, effectively.
1: And the hards were useless. Yeah, pretty much. Which way everyone, which, which way everyone pushed the softs to the limit and beyond. Um, wouldn't surprise me if there was some tyre pressure metal as well. But it's just an absolute lottery, uh, which is a shame because the tracks, the changes to the track look like they're really conducive to good racing. They they were, they were. And uh, it, it kind of
0: is one of the good, a few times that changes to a track to make it better for F1 has also made it better for other series, which is re- very rare. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that they put so much load through the tires for being s- at such a high speed for so long, on brand new tarmac that was that grippy and it just caused, yeah, havoc, you know, uh, deeper squally had a puncture. Davidson had a puncture. Reynolds had a puncture. Van Gisbergen had a puncture. Randall had a puncture. Basically everyone in the field had a puncture. And so that, that round was one of these sort of key marker points of like, what is going on in this season. Um, and a, a lot of drivers actually had really good weekends there, despite having mm. a puncture or two. Yeah. Um,
1: because it. If- It's four races, so if you given the chaos, you're going to be in midfield better at least one of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. and That's basically what happened for a lot of the field. Um, The other one that I really want to focus in on is the Townsville and uh, the Bend rounds where Van Gisbergen chalked up five consecutive race victories across those two rounds. He was effectively unstoppable in the middle of the season.
1: It was just so dominant. like No one could touch him in Townsville. All right, except no, for I, except for deeper squally in the last corner, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that was uh, that was a case of inappropriate touching that should have been re- that was reported to the authorities. Um, that was, uh, I, I, he's good. I have never seen him that dominant before. What he went Townsville by 20, 30 seconds in, in the first, first the first race, yeah, yeah, kind of terrifying. <laughs> it's just absolutely terrifying, and since then he's only lost two races. And uh, yeah, exactly. It's been
0: that sort of dominant season. And rounding out the season so far, we had the last round at Auckland at Pukekohe, uh, which unfortunately we found out was to be the last professional event at Pukekohe Raceway. They're closing the air- the racing
1: track. They're keeping the horses. They're expending on the horses.
0: Yeah, that was right. The, the the club isn't yeah buying into the racing anymore, which is very sad. Um, but it did set up. Yep you go ahead. You, you're you're probably more more better positioned yeah. to talk about this than it's I am.
1: A, it's a shame because it's the first time we've been into New Zealand since 2019, since the world decided COVID was an absolute catastrophe, which it was, and shut everything down. First time back, the crowd was out in force. The Kiwis overall had a really good weekend. The way they presented that weekend was awesome to see in terms of it being the last one. It's just such a shame that we're losing such a massive part of New Zealand motoring history. For no good reason.
0: <laughs> really. Yeah, the reason is they don't want to invest in it, but that's... Mm. If, if you invest in Which it, people think... will come. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. And the problem is, we've got seven racetracks in New Zealand, six once this was pookie goes. One of the premier facilities is Henton down an hour down the road, if that. So, while Tony Quinn's got an amazing facility there, it's going to be amazing should he get the green light to go next year. There's just something about Hukoui, it's not quite the same. Hand and Downs. Just a bit too sterile. Yeah. Um, that the, sec- track, the track's amazing.
0: Yeah, that that's 100%. The the, the section from, from the hairpin over to the main straight, like that's, that's 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 proper ballsy racing right there, and the send off that it got uh, in terms of the racing product, f- f- like mm. that. If you've not watched any Supercars race this season, you should definitely watch the most recent race at Pukekohe because that was yeah. Pookie, everything amazing about Supercars.
1: Pookie race three was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, one thing I won't miss about Pookie is the safety aspect, and we saw that come to a head in a big way with Will Brown. Yeah, how he actually didn't suffer more injury from that than walking away unscathed, I have no idea. That yeah, was a
0: frightening crap. It was, it was, and it's one of those where it's like three into one doesn't quite go, and someone gets touched out mm. into the grass and into the gravel, and it was, it was quite a, quite a monster incident. And then there was another bit of malarkey afterwards with um, Barry Ryan getting uh, handsy with Mark Winterbottom, who came to a you know check in on Will and. Whether or not that was something that was, uh, you know, a smart idea from uh, Frosty or not is another thing entirely. But you shouldn't be laying hands on another driver or another person
1: in the no. back at all. If you, if, if, and that, that's the sort of situation you go, right, Will, Frosty, go over there. I'm going to be here if you need me. Put your shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Get it away from the cameras as well. That's yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yes. Fun times at Pukakori Racing. But, but the the racing there was absolutely spectacular. And the, the battle for the Jason Richards Trophy to, to mm-hmm. send out Pukakori on a high
1: was absolutely phenomenal. It absolutely was. I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that somehow they can work out to go in March next year.
0: Before it officially closes? Yeah. It's not going to happen. But one can dream. <laughs> but one can dream. Yeah. So that's been, that's been sort of the story of the season so far. You know, you've had these, these really cool events. Um, but broadly it has been a Triple Eight Shane Van Gisbergen show. Uh, and we will talk more about that as we go through the grid. Because of course, one of the complicating factors with the Bathurst 1000 is that without a, endurance cup or without the stand down 500 preceding it we have no idea what's happening with the co-drivers well we we have an idea of what's happening the co-drivers but the co-drivers haven't really seen the cars yet they we haven't got a gauge on you know who's strong who isn't so we thought we'd do you know as we do every year a bit of a preview to give you guys an idea of who's driving which cars where we reckon they'll they'll sit. And who the guys are, who our podium sitters are going to be, possibly, maybe, perhaps, and a few other interesting tidbits along the way. Um, now, Chris, how do you want to go about uh, going through this field? We've done it in the past where we've gone team by team. We've done it in the past where we've gone just numerical. We've done it in the past where we've gone reverse championship order. How do you want to go go about it?
1: Let's go. I think the most fun way to do it is reverse championship order. Yep. Because then we can highlight those who are having a tough season who have a chance of lifting, and yeah, I think it's more fun that way. Yeah, starts we'll leave... the beginners to We know that makes great TV.
0: A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's start then instead of on anyone in the championship. Let's start with one of the wildcards. Um, who are running as an independent sort of outfit. Um, something that does happen every now and then at Bathurst is you get wildcard entries, so either from Super Two or a team adding an additional car. Um, and in this case, we've got. A wild card from Matt Charter Racing of Matt Charter and uh, oh, uh, what's his first name? I've completely—I had it up in front Jaylen. of me and it's gone. Uh, who was Jaylen. it? Jalen Robotham. Jalen Robotham. Yeah. So, what's where is Matt Charter's uh, entry come from? What's Matt Charter known for in Australian motorsport?
1: Yeah, first thing to point out: truly independent team. Unlike other wild cards that we've seen and will see in this race. Not affiliated with any supercar car team. Completely going out on his own, basically taking his Super 2 guys, having to run a run of the big show. Um, Matt Charter, he's been around a while. He's 29 now. He did have a bit of a crack at getting into supercars. Uh, didn't really come, come about. So he's been in Super 2. He started off really as a bit of a crasher. <laughs> Just a little bit, really. It's not a other way to put it. Just a little bit. Here, uh, he actually got himself disqualified from a stand-down round for having an absolute mere taking out five cars in the process. Um, that was back in 2016. But since the last couple of years, he's kind of turned it around a bit.
0: Yeah, he's been consistently in the top ten in the in the uh, Super Two series, and he's taken two podiums this year. So he's he's certainly turned a bit of a corner and. You know, managing his own team as well, he's done a, he's done a lot to sort of earn some earn some cookies back from the the supercars paddock.
1: Absolutely has. Um, um, so I think it, good on them for stepping up. Absolutely, uh, it, it's it's
0: always cool to see uh, a, a new wild card, and I think the last wild card from Super Two that we actually had was the Costecki Brothers Racing Team.
1: Yeah, and that turned out quite all right when they weren't suffocating the driver in the car. <laughs> uh yes. Brilliant,
0: fun times, um, and yeah, yeah. Well, for um, for the Kostekis, now, they're all racing in the main game. Well, Kurt isn't, but Brody and uh, Brody and Jake, yeah, yes, uh, are, are both main game drivers, so it can be a bit of a stepping stone.
1: Absolutely, and he's got himself a really
0: talented young driver. Yeah, Jay uh, Jay Robotham. Uh, a young guy 19 years of age um, has come up through the uh, uh, South Australian Circuit Excel series uh, winning winning that in 2017 and then won uh, uh, the uh, Asian TA2 series and then won the Toad 86 series and won Super 3 and he's been making those step and jumps up the ladder and is now sitting in uh, Super 2 and has been giving a chance at, to drive at Bathurst which is
1: pretty rad yeah he's also raced Toyota 86, not just in Australia. He's raced in Thailand and won in Thailand. Yeah. Wow. Um, he's also racing step three this year. Oh, it was a 2020, sorry, which he won. Although step three in 2020 was really not anything. Cause <laughs> I think it was what two rounds in the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's one of those sort of
1: truncated things. Yeah. Um, He's he, he actually raced an agent in TA2 as well. Then you know, Asia had a TA2 series, but there you go. Yeah, so he's on the up, he'll be one definitely for the future. Really interested to see what his pace are like early on for a young driver. 19. I feel like this could be his first racing at Bathurst,
0: quite possibly. Uh, I think the Toyota 86s ran around as a support category. Uh, pre-COVID so he may have been a part of that but just as a bit of an exclamation point on how good Robotham may be in the future, um, in the first race of the Super 2 series uh, this year, in his first race in Super 2, he won it Um, he hasn't been on the podium since then but still that's a pretty good feather in your cap
1: a great feather yeah, what I'd I'd noticed um, what do you reckon his parents names are?
0: Jay and Lynn? Yes. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> I don't... Racist,
1: I'm assuming that. I, I'm assuming that because the team was Jay, Roboth and Motorsports. Yeah. So, that makes sense, right?
0: Oh, that's... that's. I take like, back everything nice I said about him. <laughs> that aside,
1: I think I'm going to operate on a three-tier system for this race. Uh,
0: a three-tier? Okay.
1: Yep. Podium, top ten... Happy to finish. Yeah, I'm putting these guys in the happy to finish category. I just can't see match how to break into 10. Fair enough. Um, it has been very rare that a wild
0: card has broken into the top 10. Um, I think it's only happened once, and that was Andy Priol and Matthias Ekstrom. Um,
1: so... oh, yeah, that was a wild card of Absolute Superstars, so this is not that quality.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I reckon I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh. Cool. Okay, so let's let's actually look at our actual championship drivers now. Um, and the, uh, first, well, first cab off the rank. The first car, the the lowest placed car on the drive the championship, is uh at the moment. Uh, now this is a bit of a contentious con- one because we do, do we count the wild cards or not? I thought
1: we we're doing teams.
0: We're doing, so we're doing, we're doing teams. teams oh, sorry. Cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. Bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, so doing the teams... It's not not complicating too much here. Oh, yeah, okay. Come on, I'm a simple man. (laughs) Let's go with then Cool Drive Racing, which is currently the lowest placed car in the teams championship. That's because they are a single car operation, of course. Uh, And that is uh, Blanchard Racing Team of Tim Slade and uh, Chris... uh, Chris, Tim Blanchard. the the Two Tims. The, The Tim Tams. I like
1: that. In fact, I have Tim Tams. Hmm... Oh, yeah. Keep going. Send them send my them the way, please. Keep going. I'll be So, about yeah, to this say. car. All right. While well, well, he's off to feed his face, this car, the number three, Cool Drive car, has had a really interesting 2022. 2021 was an amazing year for them. They've sort of burst out the blocks. At first, they were really strong last year in the opening round. Uh, they sort of suffered, and Marcus put it in the notes here, a second season syndrome. So, they've really fallen off the ladder a bit this year. And yes, even though they're one car team, bottom of the standings hasn't been the greatest season for them. They've had a couple of forces at the AGP event, which you talked about, which um, was a bit of a lottery. But really, they've been outside the ten most season otherwise. And Tim Slade's on the move next year too.
0: Yeah, uh, he's been one of the drivers billed to go to Matt Stone Racing. Is that where he's headed? Yes. Yes. Yep. So it's, uh, uh I'll,
1: I'll be honest, I've lost track of who's going where this silly season.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been hard. Normally, uh, this is also, yeah, like peak silly season. So we have no idea what's going on next year either in that respect. Um, but yeah, that's been one of the, the moves that's been mooted. Um, Tim Blanchard, uh, stepping in as the co driver. Uh, uh,
1: thoughts, hopes, dreams? Look, it's his car. He's going to do that. <laughs> I think he did all right last year as a co-driver to be honest but he's not going to win you a race
0: yeah that's that's a fair call
1: with, with that in mind especially then, with the way this car's been this year
0: yeah with that in mind then Chris what tier what tier are you putting them in I can't see them anywhere but happy to finish
1: as much as I love Slady I just can't see it getting into the team
0: yeah <laughs> That'll be that'll be my call as well. now he's sitting just in the top ten in the championship, but I don't think that's going to be reflected at Bathurst as well. Nah, can't see it. So number three, happy to finish. Uh, next one up the rank is the um SCG Logistics and Drill Pro Services. So this is the uh Brad Jones Racing second pairing. Um, do we want to do all four Brad Jones Racing cars at once, or do we want to split them like they have been split that's-
1: in the? Let's go. Let's just do the split.
0: Let's do the split. Okay, so we're looking at the cars yep. of number four, Jack Smith and Jackson Evans, and number ninety-six, uh, Macaulay Jones and Jordan Boys. Uh, let's start with Smith and Evans <laughs> first. Jack and Jackson.
1: Yeah. Now, I said I had three tiers. i will go a fourth. The what the hell tier?
0: Okay. Let's let's add that one into the list. Okay. So why is this in the what the hell?
1: Because how on earth? Jack Smith, one of the slowest, most not so good drivers in the series, got Jackson Evan. Yeah. How does I, that work? How does it even happen?
0: I agree with that. That is a bit of a misnomer. So for a bit of context on Jack Smith's season, um, his best result has been 12th at that crazy uh, Australian Grand Prix weekend. Um, otherwise, he has had an average finish somewhere in the 20s. Um, so yeah. that's that's what we call bad. <laughs> He's a, he's a he's a bad supercars <laughs> yes. driver. Um, Jackson Evans, on the other hand,
1: uh, should be named to, to everyone who listens to this podcast because he's he just a We are talking about Jackson Evans, the WEC driver, yes, not ja- another Jackson Evans that lives in Australia.
0: Yes, Jackson Evans, J A X O N Evans, the WEC driver who won Porsche Super Cup, who's a Porsche WEC driver in GTM, and is a phenomenon behind the wheel. So yeah, this is a bit of a a bit of an odd couple
1: in that respect. In Many ways, because this is an odd couple for the car. This is an odd thing for Brad Jones to do. I can't remember him doing anything like this in the past. Didn't Jackson? It's always also- gone homegrown local talent.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Jackson Evans is a homegrown local talent. Didn't he also have like a stupidly good uh, co-driver last year as well, when we were also very perplexed?
1: Last have- year he had. Like, no, oh, well, David Wall. But there, there was Which one makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is a very peculiar one. I, I wonder what the justification is for Jackson Evans to be in here. Like, is this, uh, Jack Smith's SCG Logistics money paying for a good co-driver or?
1: He's in the second uh, Grove Group. Yeah. You gotta buy your way to a fast podium. Yeah. yeah. pass race. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but it doesn't, it, I don't think it makes sense for Jackson Evans to do it unless he's just a one off hit and To be fair, though, I don't see why he'd come to stick the
0: cars. To be fair, though, if you said to a WEC driver, hey, I have a co driver slot for a Bathurst 1000 drive, do you want it? Like,
1: I'd take it. Yeah. Even- Given that he's not, he's not even the only Porsche WEC driver in this race. Yeah, right. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll tie that bow when we get to it. Um. So, what, what tier did you put this one in again? What the hell? Yeah. So that if I'm
1: be- if i silly, being early, I'm happy to finish.
0: I will be happy to watch this when Jackson Evans is in the car, and then if he's not in the car, I just don't care.
1: Yeah, as long as Jackson Evans gets in the car don't that's my concern don't don't hurt me
0: like that (laughs) don't even suggest that uh that that would would be bad uh who's next uh macaulay jones and uh jordan boys uh who did a wildcard run with image racing i think that was at the bend perhaps um it was and he actually had a really good round at the bend from memory yeah it was it was actually quite impressive um yeah. Co-
1: uh, Macca- it's not Jones. as good as the
0: other co-driver. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that at some point as well. Uh, Maca Jones currently sitting a solid. I can't even see him in the championship. Nineteenth in the championship. He had a single top ten at the uh, Australian Grand Prix race that we keep making mention of. An average finish of eighteenth. Maca Jones, Chris, mm-hmm. thoughts. Look,
1: it's nepotism, Really going to stick with him for as long as he can, but I don't know how much longer he can stick with him for.
0: Is it time for him to start
1: looking at other drivers? Well, he wouldn't be the first Jones to not make it in the team. And... Andy Jones had a similar. Andy Jones had a similar problem. Yeah, uh, he wasn't super car quality, uh, and he found himself a career outside the car in telemetry. Maybe it's time for McCauley to look, maybe he can get a job with the team or something. I don't know, but maybe driving for him.
0: Quite possibly. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. What about Jordan Boyce? Hasn't raced in Super 2 this year because he has been focused on doing those one or two um, wildcard rounds. Do we think that's a decision that's going to be good for him with regards
1: to being race ready for Bathurst? It's a strange decision. Because there wasn't really any clashing between Super 2 and Supercars for that wildcard round. You raced at Winton, where Super 2, Super 3 wasn't. He's um, also been racing Super 5000, we well, raced him at Hidden Valley. And that ain't going to prepare you for shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I... Strange one. I can't get my head around it. And of course, he's raced Bathurst 2020. Well the car did. He made they made fifty laps.
0: Oh, so he probably wouldn't have even had
1: a chance. Oh not with Todd in the car, probably not. Todd Hazley mm. would. So look, I think he's a great talent. I just don't think he's really gonna make the best of it this year.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So keep that in mind, what tier are you putting them in?
1: Gotta be happy to finish.
0: 96 happy to finish. I feel like we're going to fill up a lot of this where before we get into some bigger names a bit later on. I might surprise you. Oh, okay. Uh, that's 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 interesting. Um next one is a uh the second half of Tickford Racing, the Castrol and Tradey Racing. So that's the Thomas Randall and Jake Stecky cars number 55 and 56. Uh let's talk Tickford Kiwi, let's talk uh about this pair of drivers. Um Tickford are an interesting team in that they run four cars, but really only one run maybe one. Uh, They really have a third and fourth and sometimes even a second car syndrome where they don't have enough talent to really provide uh, good engineering support to the other half of the garage. And I think that's what's happened with the uh, Thomas Randall and Jake Stecky cars because they are so far behind where we
1: would expect them to be. They are so, so far back. And Thomas Randall, especially, he we were so happy that he finally got a gig in Supercars. Like, he's he been through so much, so much fight, like, so much consistent with cancer issues as well to get to this point. And to be served this lump of trash, it deserves so much better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It
0: is. He, you know, he won Super 2 last season. So he's coming off of a great, uh, introduction into the sport, we've been saying that Randall needs a seat in supercars for seasons on end. And he's 20th in a Tickford car. Like that's, and and it's not like he hasn't had the pace. He's had moments of brilliance. It's just, it's just not been there.
1: It just hasn't worked for him. Mm. Um, Again, I mean, he is also a rookie in the series and I have seen him get bullied a bit. So maybe he needs to bring out a bit of the inner mongrel. Yeah. He's also going to get himself in a position to do so.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, of course, you expect guys who are in their first season who qualify on the front row of the grid to sometimes, uh, you know, get bullied down a bit. On the other hand, he hasn't really been given the car to do that a lot of the times. However, when he did qualify on the front row of the grid, he didn't move. And that was kind of nuts. Yeah. That's probably one of the low outs of the season. So what we're making reference to here is he qualified in second place at the bend and stalled it off the line and got collected from like 14th row of the grid. So that was, he was lucky to get out of that one without any injury, truth be told.
1: Yeah, sidebar, how safe are our cars?
0: Right. How safe are our cars? You know, a few years ago, that would have been a massive fireball and possibly, you know, intrusion into the cockpit, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good.
1: Yeah, and Gen three will keep that up, hopefully. Absolutely, uh, but yeah, I think for me the biggest story in this car happens to be Mister Zachary Best, the best that there ever was. Uh, also, a very it's interesting, brand, yeah. a very
0: interesting round at the bend for Zach Best taking pole position as a wild card for the first race of the weekend. What an absolute stormer <laughs> that was! Um, it's, it's just what. What on earth? What the hell? Huh? huh? So there was some uh, th- some news going around afterwards that the the tires that the wildcards were given were from a different batch than the main game drivers, and that may be a performance difference. But either way, you've still got to go out and put it on pole. And
1: yeah. I mean, if a accounts for three tenths of a second, they're still only tenths on the grid.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's so a phenomenal effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Zach Best is, may be, in fact, the best. He is not quite the best in the Super 2 at the moment. He's currently sitting second in the championship, but clearly, Tickford
1: sees something in him. No, oh, Can you blame them? No. And they're in the championship... They're second in the championship to Dick and who will come to you shortly, but... And he's only, what, 20? So, yeah. I know that he's going to from Benalla, so you can imagine he cut his teeth around Winton a lot. So... I'm really excited to see what Mr. Best can do in the future. This so, race is going to be about learning for them. Yep. So I've got them in the happy to finish category. I'm going to give them because,
0: a happy to finish with an asterisk.
1: I reckon they might be yeah. top 15. Yeah, this is, this is one of the ones I almost put up, but because I've it to the 10, I haven't. So I would hope to see a good race from these guys. I just they need some things to go their way. Yep, and that's that's the story of
0: Bathurst. Uh, what about the number fifty six car? We've got Jake Kostecki and Kirk Kostecki. This is the brothers pairing up. Um, we've had three top tens for Jake this season: so eighth at Darwin, ninth in Perth, ninth at Pukakoi. Um, but we are in the fourth tickford car here, of course, and that means that we are in twenty second in the championship. What are we thinking?
1: Sorry, sorry, Kisteckis. I think you would have done better had this been your own car. Oof, that bad. That bad. I'm sorry. I, I, just, I have not been impressed by Jake this season. I, I haven't liked his racecraft. I haven't liked how the car's been performing. Kurt isn't going to bring much to the table, I don't think, because he's been out of the seat so long. I just can't see much happening from the 56.
0: So firmly, and they're happy to finish?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, they'll, they'll, they'll finish. Will they? That much I can be sure. hmm. Maybe. That's brave. Uh, We'll move along. We'll move along. Away from uh, Tickford's uh, second garage syndrome to the truck assist racing, Matt Stone Racing of Josh Hazelwood, and, no, Todd Hazelwood and Jack LeBrock. Jo- I've already, I'm have already i already in cricket mode, Josh Hazelwood, my Lord. Um, <laughs> it Hasn't been the best season for MSR. It's been a bit truncated. We've got uh, Jack LeBrock driving alongside, uh, whereabouts are we? Jack LeBrock. With, uh, Aaron Seaton, which is pretty interesting. We'll get uh, a third generation. The third. Yep. Uh, and Josh, uh, again, Todd Hazelwood with Jaden Ojeda, uh, in the number 35 car. Uh, so let's have a look at LeBrock first. He's had probably the most, oh no, second most bad luck, uh, in the season so far. Uh, he ha- was looking, he was on the front row in Tasmania and got Destroyed in the race prior, and so they had to put it out with bent steering effectively and finish that race in 23rd. He's mm-hmm. when he's been in good positions, he's something's always happened to that poor car. Um, and it's and,
1: yeah, go ahead. And that's been the problem with both these cars this season every weekend, if not more than once a weekend, at least one of the MSR cars is in trouble and usually in a wall somewhere.
0: Yeah. And sometimes, Um, uh, which is more concerning, it's been the other car that's put them there.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, Which is just not what you want, right? Mm, Not at all. Um, I noticed that Matt Stone's had a bit of a change in structure as well. Um, Jacob Skomisil, who is one of the main shareholders, has stepped back a bit from running the team on his business, whether that's going to have an impact on team dynamic, I'm not sure. Um, but he was he is one of the knowledgeable guys around supercars, team ownership, but not necessarily racecraft. So, interesting to see how that will play out. So, I just wish these guys would be better than they are. I know you, I know you love Matt Stone, <sighs> the idea of Matt Stone, yeah, you know, second generation Stone family racing. It's the idea,
0: though. It's the idea of Matt Stone, mm-hmm. not actually Matt Stone. So, of course, Matt Stone's the son of the Stone brothers. So that was Ross and Jim yeah. Stone, who took uh, uh race victories and championships with both Marcus Ambrose and uh Russell Engel. And you know that were that was the team for me growing up. You know, I was a big Marcus Ambrose fan, and you know, read into that what you will, but uh. You know the idea of you know a second generation team motor coming in and doing performing well was very attractive, but it just hasn't really panned out. Unfortunately, mm. um, it is cool to see Aaron Seaton get a, a
1: proper gig. He's been doing very well I to, in Super Two. I wanted to bring him out because he drives Super. He has driven to Super Two with Matt Stone Racing. Uh, has had a podium so far. Uh, it means third generation Seaton: the so Barry grandfather, Glenn the father, probably the one of the best guys never to win this at this place. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. 24. So he's definitely got, he's definitely got a long road ahead of him. I think in motorsport, possibly supercars. Uh, he's had the experience around here, driving in the Mark cars at the five hour. Yep. So I'm expecting him to do quite okay. And honestly, that thirty-four, if they can keep it out of the wall, out of trouble, this is one I think could possibly sneak into the team. Ooh, ooh, that's brave. That's a brave call. I would.
0: I was going to put these into the happy the finish pile, but if you're, that's 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 brave.
1: That is brave. Um, <laughs> although, on reflection, the 35 fives probably more likely to do that.
0: Okay, let's talk about the thirty-five then. Uh, Todd Hazelwood and Jaden Ojeda. Um, Hazelwood's had a bit of a truncated season. He had two fifth places early on, but he has not had a top ten since Perth, which was in April. So it's been a long time since he's had some good results. What about Jason Ojeda? Uh, a f- former Super Two runner has taken Super Two. Uh, has taken the year off of Super Two. What makes you say that this car should be a better chance of a top 10?
1: Gut feel, basically. Gut feel? Okay, fair enough. Uh, but honestly, it's a toss-up between the two. Uh and Jade has got a bit more experience. He's raced in the 1,000 twice already. Uh, Gary Rogers, Rogers in 2020, Matt Stone in 21 with Zane Goddard. Uh, so... And he's also had a race Super 2 for a couple of years, Super 3 before that. And this is really the young guys staking a claim, I think. And of course, those Super 2 wins were in the listen, So yeah, for me to toss up which, two, which of these two will be better.
0: Okay. So, but you're expecting one of them in the top 10, do you, do you reckon? I am. I yeah. think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I, I wouldn't say both, but maybe one of them.
1: Let's, as long as I don't crash into each other.
0: Uh, Please, <sighs> Please don't. don't. Don't even suggest that. Not again. Uh, let's look at the next car, the uh, next pairing up the list. This is the Team 18 uh, pairing. So, Irwin Racing and Nulon Racing. So, this is Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye. They are driving with... Uh, respectively, Scott, uh, Mark bottom with Michael Caruso, so a pair of old heads there. And Scott Pye with Tyler Everingham, which is a name that is, uh, very, very popular amongst the Super 2 series at the moment, and the, a possible pathway driver from that. Uh, let's start with the old heads first. Frosty and, uh, Caruso. That sounds like a, like a, a, a buddy cop movie right there. Frosty and Caruso. Um. <laughs> But Frosty and Caruso, stopping all the crying. <laughs> so, Mark Winterbottom won this event, of course, back in 2013. A, a big win for Tickford Racing, which was Pro Drive Racing at the time. Um, hadn't They hadn't taken a win here in such a long time. Frosty had been in position to do so and had missed out. And so that was a bit of a breakthrough through for them. And then he went on to... Uh, did he win the championship that year as well? I uh, think so, yeah, 2013. 2013, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he sits currently outside the top 10, but he, he's kind of found a nice little home here at Team 18. It seems to be an environment that sort of suits him, um, and he's been uh, pretty happy there. No podiums, but a pair of fifths at Darwin and Sandown. Um, so a solid, you know, just outside the top 10 sort of driver at the moment.
1: Yeah, both both of them, I think, are as well. Caruso, when he's not getting to fights off the track, is very much a uh, very similar vein. Experienced head knows his way around. Will give you the car in a reasonable position. He's not the fastest, but he's one of the better guys at keeping it straight and narrow. Yep. Uh, Frosty is getting on a bit. I think I don't think Charlie's going to get rid of him anytime soon. Charlie square going to be like, you're here as long as you want, mate. But, but I just can't see this car. It's definitely not going to win. Can see it in the 10. But I think a little bit has to go right for them to be there. I think they'll be in
0: the happy to finish pile. I don't, I think there's more interesting, uh, more exciting cars elsewhere, which includes their teammate, um, Scott Pye and Tyler Evingham. Now, I, I, I kind of stopped myself when I said Jack LeBrock was the most unlucky driver in the field because really Scott Pye has been the most unlucky driver in the field. Uh, I think there was four weekends in a row in the middle of the year where he got out of a broken, destroyed car and had to walk back to the pits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was messed yep. up.
1: And when, he, and when he's not doing that, he's having power steering go bang.
0: Yeah, again, which has been a weird thing that we've seen this season, just power steering's go, go pop. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. when he hasn't been having these problems, he's been in the top 10. He's coming off a back of six top 10 finishes on the trot, which is, if you're peaking at any time of the year, this is the time to do it.
1: Absolutely. And Scotty Pye's been one of those guys who's, he hasn't been along like, throughout his career. He's been doing this for a decade now. Has it really been that long yeah. no He's, his first drive his first drives were endurance Cup Lucas Umbrella 2012 what no yep that's yeah. ridiculous and how long have we been saying he deserves to do better and deserves to be in a better car? <sighs> yeah, jeez okay when you put that and together one win- and he had one win in that time, the epic at Melbourne 2018. Uh, but yeah, he's just look at his Wikipedia. It's a lot of green. That's he's very rarely DNFs a race. It's quick enough to do really, really well and get himself in the top ten.
0: And I think as well, I just don't... with Tyler Everingham as a co-driver, that's going to be quite exciting. I'm going to be keeping good eyes on that car because Everingham has been a force in Super Two. He's taken two race victories. Um, currently sitting 5th in the championship, but that's off, off of a, a DNF and a 17th at Sandian. Um But Everingham has been a name mooted for a move up to supercars within the next two or three seasons. So this is a, a big opportunity for him.
1: Absolutely, yes. Uh, Everingham, so he's been around the scene in Super 2 since 2019. Bathurst 2018 in the mark car. He's 21 now. He was 16 when he started. That's kind of nuts, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that was a car that came third in class with Grant Denier and Gary Jacobson. So he's been at Bathurst a few times. He knows his way around. He's incredibly quick. I like watching this guy race.
0: I do too. I reckon this this for me is a much more secure top 10 finish compared to the other car, I reckon.
1: If, if Scotty Pike can get rid of all black cats and ladders at the weekend, yeah, maybe. <laughs> You're really not confident no, about his, about uh, about pie. No, I, I want to be. I really, I really want to be. But yeah, Charlie, no mirrors in the RV. I've got American RV. What is that? <laughs> no mirrors in the camper van. No black cats. No ladders. Just no bad luck, please. Pretty please. With sugar yes. on top. Okay, right, we'll move. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see this in the ten. I'd love to see
0: him in the ten as well. In fact, Scott Pye has two podiums here at Bathurst in the in the one thousand as well. By just by the way, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, just quietly, just quietly. Uh, Brett Jones racing is the next one. The other half of the garage, and really, this has been carried by one man and one man only. We have. Andre Heimgartner in the number eight. He's driving with Dale Wood and number 14 has Bryce Forward and Dean Fiore. Let's talk about Forward and Fiore first. Uh, that was a a fun little alliteration there. Uh, it has been a disappointing season for Forward. We saw him at Walkinshaw last year, struggle with the second car in the Walkinshaw stable, which has traditionally been a symptom that they have. They can only really get one car going at once. Um, He's moved to Brad Jones Racing and has not done anything to justify that move. Let's be real here. He currently sits in the championship uh, in 18th with a single top 10.
1: Which is majorly disappointing. Yeah. And to be honest, that's been a symptom of his whole supercar career. He's been touted as one of the really good young drivers. And we see this a lot. Just Hasn't lived up to his potential yet, and I'm starting to doubt whether he will. Is is, is yeah is is the yet
0: they're becoming a smaller and smaller smaller yet as time goes by.
1: Yet yeah, we're now into size sixth form.
0: Yeah, damn. So it's it's the to- the clock is ticking for Bryce, and he needs to find something to justify his position in the sport, I guess. Which is kind of sad to say, but you know, nineteenth in the championship, he's one point one place ahead of Macaulay Jones.
1: Yeah, not not good. Yeah. I also don't like the fact we're talking about Brad Jones' top cars this far down the championship order.
0: Yeah, I know, right? It's pretty rough. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what what do we think of and Dean Fiore? Nah. Nah. You okay. put it in the notes. Nah. nah.
1: That's all we need
0: to say. Okay, so he's, he's gonna keep it clean, but he's
1: not gonna keep it clean.
0: Firmly in the happy to finish pile? Yep. 14 goes in the happy-to-finish pile. Wow, that's really getting bigger. Let's talk about a far more exciting car, which is the number eight of Andre Heimgartner and Dale Wood. Now,
1: Kiwi on board. Chris, talk to us about Heimgartner. God, he's good at the moment. Uh, he's really hitting the rich vein of form. He's had... This uh, this season's really been quite good for him. He's had a couple of podiums at Puka Uh He's suddenly the top 10 in the championship. He's had a bit of an up-and-down season. Um... And he's doing it really on his own. He is like, carrying the team. So I really like the cut of this guy. And it's taken him a few seasons as well to really come out in force. Um, let, me have, let me have the rest of the season. So he's had the third place at Barbagallo and Winton as well. Yeah. Um, he's had a couple of retirements, but relatively been keeping the car clean and. In this, in the lower parts of the top ten since Barber Gallo, hmm. he's 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 kind so,
0: of he's kind of carved out a little hole for himself in eighth place in the championship. You know, he's about a hundred points behind Reynolds hmm. and a hundred points ahead of kosteki so he's not really in any danger of any movement. But he's just been been solid and consistent in that yeah. car, which is more than what you can say for anyone else in Brad Jones Racing.
1: Yeah, and that's something I've been wanting to see for him for a while, and I'm finally seeing it seven years after he started.
0: Yeah, and so it's good it's good that Heimgartner has kicked on because there was a few times where it looked like his career was gonna come to a very quick end. And you know, Brad Jones mm. actually kind of revitalized it by giving him that opportunity as a co driver for Tim Slade, the season where it was meant to be Ash Walsh in that car co driver with Tim Slade, but uh Walsh got injured driving a prototype car at uh Phillip Island. Mm.
1: And-, and he's repaid him with a top ten place there in a
0: pretty at surface. Yeah, absolutely. So, he- Heimgartner is certainly the strength in that team. Uh, Dale Wood, very experienced, uh, has a bit of mm-hmm. mongrel about him, which is good. Um, has raced a few different yeah. things this year, notably the KTM Crossbow GT2 in the Australian uh, SRO GT World Challenge Australia. Um, still a decent driver in that in the in the Brad Jones stable yeah. and to call on.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, you need a bit of mongrel when you're three feet tall. Uh, sorry Woody but no he is I've ragged on him a a bit in the past but he's proving now to be a really solid dependable co-driver who's not going to put the car wrong He's going to bring it back to you in a reasonable position that if you're good enough you can take it forward so I'm putting this car in the tent I'm putting
0: this this car comfortably in the tent I'm going to put an asterisk as well I reckon if the
1: cards fall their way they might sneak a podium and this is the thing about Brad Jones. Brad Jones always seemed to do something at Bathurst. Just it's it, something it's, just happens.
0: Something just happens, and we're not going to clarify whether or not that's something good or something bad because it could be either.
1: <laughs> whether it's just the miracle play in this pit, or whether it's him flipping Peter Brock's car by accident, or whatever, or having two cars, or, or
0: having two cars crash into each other on the safety car.
1: True, but that wasn't really a Brad Jones problem. That was more a <laughs>
0: that was just a more a Brad uh, Jones team's problem.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So something, but something always happens. So th- there's never a quiet weekend at Bathurst for Brad Jones. So hopefully it's a good one for for this one. Uh, let's keep leave... it it's hard. He's getting run of it. yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. Uh, let's keep moving along. Penrite Racing, Grove Racing. This has been a very big story throughout the season. They've been doing quite well, um, and. Uh, It's actually been uh, uh, honestly impressive. They've kind of taken the mantle away from uh, Erebus Motorsport as the sort of cool team that's punching a bit above its weight. So firstly, we've got (laughs) number 10, uh, Lee Holdsworth, revitalizing his career um, for one more season alongside Matt Payne. Very, very exciting. We'll talk a lot about that. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the, the top car for the Grove Racing Team will be the 26, of course, David Reynolds with Matt Campbell. Very exciting. Let's talk about that.
1: Where do you want to start? Clay? Oh, these lineups. Right? Oh, let's start with the, let's start with one of the reigning champions from last year's race, Lee Hidesworth. His last season, he's uh, hanging up the helmet at the end of this season. Um, he's really had himself a nice little home for this year. It's, a sh- it's actually a bit of a shame he's going. I, I think... It's the right time. I, I think he's found It, it is it, it
0: is the right time. He's he's not he's not at the pointy end every week, but he's certainly not uh, you know, tarnished his legacy by doing an- another season. I think this is the right point.
1: Yeah. He he hasn't had a CL where he's possibly gone a year too long. Uh, which is good and good on him. And he's stepping aside at the right time. And for a person who's gonna be Something. Yeah. So this is
0: we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk briefly about Holdsworth. His drive last yeah. year at Bathurst is the reason that he got this drive at Rafe, Grove Racing. It, last year he was almost faster than Mostert at some points, which was kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah. But I'm and Steve was like
0: Here, here's a bank check. <laughs> but I'm very excited about Matt Payne, and I know you are as well.
1: Oh, it I've is- seen very little of his racing overseas this year. Which is crazy to think that he's racing overseas at Spa? Because he's racing P two as well, isn't he? Uh no, I I
0: don't know off the top of my head, but I know that he has been talked about doing Super Cup, and because he's he's had the um the tie in with Earl Bamber Motorsport as well. So you know, you know, yeah. Earl's got connections everywhere. He could get him a drive anywhere if he wanted.
1: Yeah, yeah, and okay, yes, he at Spa he'd been in the car at Blanchimont. That Wherever yeah, it was, yeah,
0: Blanche in the middle of the night, course an hour long red flag.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when he is going, he is incredibly quick. It's his first year, and in, it's he's, his, go ahead. Sorry, that's a bit, yeah. Yeah, you, you say he is in his first year of Super Two. He's had a few moments of not so great because you know he's a rookie, he's learning, he's going too. But I'd be really impressed by him on the whole.
0: Yeah, remember, this guy's 19. He's third in the championship in Super 2, and he is going to get accelerated through the ranks. You know, he'll be in supercars oh. next year, almost definitely. He's going to find his way into some be- Porsche racing at some point. We might only see him in supercars for a season or two before he's racing in Super Cup and then in the Porsche WEC program or something.
1: Yeah, I- I'm pretty sure he's going with the Groves the most book games. Yep. Um, To race in their Pro GT3 race, which is going to be interesting to see how he goes against the likes of the Pro GT3 drivers. He'll be in that, no doubt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So So, Matt Payne, look out for him. Absolutely, that's a name to keep track of. And weren't we just saying not four or five years ago that Matt Campbell would be a name to keep track of? And look at where that guy's gone now.
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean, would you want to race Porsches overseas? I mean, I guess if you're good enough, why not? It's pretty imp- pretty impressive, yeah,
0: he... that, a, a driver we were saying, oh, he would do, it would be good to, you know, learn under Todd Kelly. And it's exciting that he's driving next to Shane Van Ginsbergen and is now a Bathurst 12 hour winner, a Porsche WEC winner, Porsche GTE Pro driver, uh, GT3 Pro in IMSA. And next year we'll be driving the, uh, Porsche, Nine six three, the LMDH car in the World Endurance Championship and in the IMSA Championship. Like that's mental. How much he's his yes, he's progression standard. has grown. And he's
1: not a young bloke as well? He's only
0: what twenty six now. We've been saying that he's been a young bloke for ages. <laughs> Feels like yeah, it. true. But yeah, what, yeah. A, what an absolute. Um, he's twenty seven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: um, and of course, it's still it's not even his first thousand either. He's not even first
0: what. One thousand. No, no, it's not. He's done three or four or five of these now.
1: Mm. And he's with a driver who, after last year ended in some ignominy for him, has found himself a nice little home. Yeah, it's been nice to see the resurgence mm. of David Reynolds. mm Yeah, he hasn't had a win yet, but he's, the team is still fairly green. He's found himself a few top tens, So I think overall... We know what, well, we know what he can do. Of course, he's won this race. Yeah. So, as I think of the Screaming Child, I think.
0: So, is this going to be good enough for a podium, do you reckon, for the 26? Not
1: the stomach cars. we haven't talked about yet.
0: What about the number 10, Lee Holdsworth and Matt Payne?
1: I see them on the outskirts of the 10, so,
0: yeah. So I, I I agree. Both Grove cars, I think, solidly chances for a top 10 and maybe even a podium for the 20, 26, I reckon. I agree. But either way, keep an eye on these cars when the co-drivers are in the car because I think Matt Payne and Matt Campbell, Campbell we, we already know about, but Matt Payne is going to be a driver that people are going to be talking about in the next few years as being a big deal. So you're going to, if you're listening to the podcast now, in four years, when Matt Payne is driving a Porsche LMDH car, you can say, I knew about Matt Payne before it was cool. And you can be a hipster and you can rub it in everyone's face. All because of us. We're telling you this. Believe yeah, us.
1: We're, we're, the, we're the trendsetters. We are the like, trendsetters.
0: <laughs> I never want to be a trendsetter, Kiwi. I'm scared. <laughs> no one yeah. no one followed my
1: trends. Hey, Flood, I feel like, I feel like we've uh, maybe skipped a team. Uh, do you want to go back and talk about Subway? Oh no! We did we did
0: miss talking about subway. Oh no! Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah let's talk about uh, Peter Zuberis and the the Premier Racing Team.
1: Yes, Premier. Not by because they're a Premier team because of the sponsor. Well, because it's Peter Zuberis. That's uh, what he. That's what he does. It is. He he is uh, brought into this team last year, taking what was a husk and a wreck of a Techno Autosport. And who, by the way, have gone broke and have actually filed for receivership. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so they've got a two-car team here, which I'm really interested with because there's a couple of drivers here who are getting a second chance in a way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting little mix here. So we've got the two main season cars of Chris Pither in the 22 and James Golding now in the 31, and that's been a story in itself. We'll talk about that more in a sec. Um, Pitha is driving with uh, current uh, Super 2 driver Cameron Hill, who has been a bit of a breakout driver this season, racing for Triple Eight Race Engineering. Um, And James Golding is driving with a GRM teammate, uh, Dylan O'Keefe, who's been driving TCR uh, a few times this season as well. So interesting points to talk about here in Team Premier. Um, I want to talk about the team management firstly, um, because what Peter Sabaris is bringing to the team is a bit of ruthlessness, which that team hasn't had
1: for a few years. Also money, but yes, Ruth, ruthless. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's um, true. But he's actually able to put money into development, into the staff, and they've got a bit of grill about them, and it's great to see. Um, and yes, Chris Pitha, Interesting note as well. That twenty two is having a running a bit of a retro livery. Ooh,
0: yes, uh, a tribute to yeah. is
1: it Gardner and Compton? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, yeah. Which is which is you know the iconic coat car, so that's kind of cool. That is pretty nice. Um, it has been ruthless in the fact that Gary Jacobson found himself without a drive pretty brutally, to be honest. Um, just mid, just one Monday, bang, you're out, bye. Um, but it has given James Weldon Bieber a second chance. I love having
0: Biebs back in the series because he was one of the the unfortunate losses uh, when Gary Rogers Motorsport basically said, no, nope, I had enough of this. Um, and he was a driver that was on the up, uh, and was committed and contracted to Gary, ja- uh, Gary Gary, Gary, Gary Rogers and went across to do super 5- uh, S5,000 and TCR, but it's good to see him back in, the, uh, behind the wheel of a supercar. And boy, how did he put a stamp back on the series by coming back in with a top 10 in his first race back? Like, holy
1: damn. Holy damn indeed. Yeah. Um, it's been absolutely great to see. Has he done much more since then? Well, he's only had two rounds, but
0: let's have a double quick check. Um, no, but I feel like I feel like the fact that I've even noticed his name up the leaderboard has been a, a good and exciting thing. So he, he got yes. a, he got a top ten at Sandown as well. Um, so he's been he's been solidly pushing people along.
1: I think. Hmm. And the other and his co-driver there, Dylan O'Keefe, he, he's had a reasonable year. He definitely wouldn't think he's been as spectacular as perhaps were thinking he was, he was going to be. Yeah, okay. so, O'Keefe is kind of... He's
0: kind of there. <laughs> That's the thing. Hmm. He's just kind of there. He's good. You see his name pop up, and then it's it disappears again.
1: Yeah, which might be the same for the car. It's going to be there... Probably languishing in the 15th place, so I'm putting them in the happy-to-finish category.
0: Yeah. What about Pether and Hill? Cameron Hill has been pretty exciting in Super 2. Hasn't taken a win yet, um, but has been there or thereabouts.
1: Yep. Um, He's definitely the reason to watch this car. It's Chris Pither I've never really rated. So, I have these guys happy to finish as well. I don't think it'd be much more than that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's move along to the Erebus team that we mentioned uh, that the Grove Grove Racing has kind of taken over the the mantle of Erebus uh, as the team punching above its weight. Uh, Why is that? Why have I said that? What do you think of Erebus this season?
1: Well, they've been a bit off the boil. Uh, Whether it's the fact that they haven't harmonized as a team with Barry, Ryan being a bit abrasive, or whether it's because there's other things going on in the team, whether it's because they've just had bad luck, whether it's because they've got Mr. Boost causing ruckuses behind the scenes. It just something doesn't seem to be quite yelling there.
0: Yeah, and it's it's something that, it's especially for a team that we've noticed has been very much, when it's been good, everyone's been happy, but when someone's not happy, it kind of all falls apart. Someone's not happy in that mm. team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it it's quite possibly the man with the money who said he's out and he's never coming back. What's happened there? I did miss that. Uh he um for the 50 billionth time he's cracked oh. it and said no, not he's out. Oh
0: well tell me again when it actually happens, please. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> we do. But uh that's... I don't think he announced it a week after the wildcard.
0: <sighs> what is what an absolute spud. What an absolute spud anyway, um we'll yeah. talk about the two main season cars. Uh Will Brown, Brody Kostecki, um, Kostecki has been the better of the two drivers so far this season, uh, Brown has been driving, is going to drive with Jack Perkins, they raced together last year and also at the Bathurst 12 hour this year, um, and, uh, Drew Russell is driving with Brody Kostecki, David Russell, sorry, is driving with, uh, uh, Brody Kostecki, um. Let's talk Brown and Perkins. Brown hasn't quite had the 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 year that he would have been after. He took a race win right at the very end of last season, and it looked like everything was kind of beginning to roll on for him. But now the wheels have kind of fallen off.
1: Yeah, it's been particularly in a in a big way at a the aforementioned Puka Co round. But just just something always seems to go wrong for this car with pit lane problems, or just gets nerfed on track. Something breaking. He's just not quite there. Yeah. They, they he's had quick a... enough. He's, pretty... he's... he's definitely
0: quick enough. Yeah. He's taken a podium at Sandown. And he's had the pace and patches, but unfortunately when he has been in good positions, the team has let him down, which has been unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Jack Perkins as well. Uh, longtime supercars racer. Has taken podiums at the Bathurst 1000. Has taken the Endurance Cup uh, win. Uh has a place in Bathurst Infamy as being the guy that crashed into Mark Scaife in two thousand and six. Um in his yes. first Bathurst. Uh what do we reckon about the partnership of, of
1: Brown and Perkins? I mean they're both completely weird units, so that's that's a win. You know, if you're gonna quarantine your weird units together. That's
0: that's that's, fine. that's one of them, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um Honestly, these guys I'd love to see Jack Perkins with a really good result. Um, I just don't know about it being this year. I can't see these guys breaking out of out of the ten. I, I, yeah, I don't think
0: I see this pairing in the ten. Uh, truth be told, at all. Yeah, it would be. Okay. I, I, I don't think I've seen enough from Will this season, and enough from um. And I don't think Jack's going to elevate that to a car that can finish in the top ten.
1: Okay,
0: that's fair. Yeah, what I mean,
1: about? I suppose the other cars.
0: Possibly better. Yeah, Brody and Russell. Uh, Brody's had a better season. He's had two podiums uh, versus uh, Brown's one. He's solidly in the top ten in the championship, whereas Brown is on the outer. Um, Russell is again a properly experienced steerer, um, very much like Dale Wood in that respect, where he's gonna he's got a bit of mongrel in him and he'll bring you back the car in a good position. Um, we've seen Brody Kostecki be a bit of a pain in the butt at Bathurst before. I'm thinking back to 2000, yes. uh, the battle with Jamie Winkup. Which was pretty exciting. Um, I reckon this car, for me, this car is the stronger of the two.
1: I tend to agree. Uh, One thing's for sure, Brady would be the best sticky in the race. I'll uh, pay that. Yeah, but maybe in the 10, not much higher than that. Uh, They're more likely to spring a surprise, but I just can't see it. I,
0: I, I would, I maybe not a podium, but I reckon they'll be in the mix at the pointy end of the race, whether or not that's in the mix of the five or in the mix of the back half the top 10. I see this car being in the 10 more than I see the other one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now, very exciting thing, uh, yes. Erebus are running a wild card, which I know is very close to your heart, Kiwi. Why don't you do the introduction for this one?
1: So this is the wild card with the classic number 51 for one Gregory Murphy and one Richie Stanaway. Welcome back, boys.
0: Welcome this back, is, uh,
1: very much. This, is, this has been three years in the making. It was announced pre-COVID. Uh, 2020 couldn't happen because no one could get into Australia. 2021 didn't happen because they couldn't get back to New Zealand. 2022, finally going to happen.
0: And it almost didn't happen after Brown's crash in Pukekohe.
1: Which would have been such bad luck. And I remember watching the telecast, Greg Murphy talking about it live as he was discussing the chassis. He looks wrecked. You'd just see his face just drop. he you knew what that meant.
0: Yeah, that was pretty nice. But it's happening. It's in the works. It's going to happen. And Kiwi, this must be like a fever dream for you.
1: I, I, I never thought I'd see Murph back at the mountain. Yeah. I, I thought he was safely retired. I don't know what on earth is possessed to come back, but by God, I'm glad he has and it's more Richie for the ride as well who is a bit of a wasted talent. I'm so interested to see what these guys can do after so long out of the sake.
0: Yeah, this is going to be the interesting thing for me. So, you know, Stanaway had his breakout drive in supercars at Bathurst, or you could argue that, you know, Sandown was part of it as well, but that 2017 season where he was, you know, on the outer of the uh, the WEC Aston Martin program looking for a, a new place to go and found a spot at Tickford. Where he, you know, effectively won a, won a Sandown with Cam- well, you know, he did win sand down with Cameron Waters and then put that car in a great position in the the one thousand and then got stuck in the fourth car of Tickford for two seasons and then you know kind of loitered around the outer and then gave it up because he wasn't enjoying it. So it's going to be very interesting for me to see Stanaway back. Mm. Um, and of course Murphy's a legend, so it's
1: going to be super oh, yeah, fun I- to see that back. I do kind of wish that Murphy had a wild card at, I mean, it's never going to happen, but a wild card at New Zealand. That could have been so cool. At Pukecoly, yeah. That would have been nuts. Yeah. But um, I'm not expecting anything from these guys, but God, I hope it does happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I reckon just seeing the 51 on the mountain again, that's going to stir some things in the, in the Kiwi hearts.
1: Like yours. Oh, it will. It will. Uh, Ooh, where, we, where do we categorize this one? I'm going to put this in the what the hell category because I've got no idea what's going to happen. I like that. I like the way you think. Um, what about,
0: what, what are the odds on Greg Murphy and Craig Lowndes running into each other on track? <laughs> oh, God. What do you reckon? Where do you oh, reckon I've that got... sits?
1: Oh, on lap 145, perhaps since he's <laughs> racing actually in the top 10. <laughs> yes,
0: oh, yes, chaos. I love it.
1: I love it. That would be brilliant. Uh, so that that'd be. Thank that'd God, be Marcus good one Ambrose to watch. hasn't made a wild card, huh? Thank God, Marcus Ambrose hasn't had a wild card. Oh
0: yeah, blame me. Could you imagine Murphy and Ambrose in a wild card together?
1: Hey, it worked with the twelve hour where they got Skye and Ingle in the card together. Oh no, that didn't. That didn't work. <laughs> it wasn't their fault. Ah, uh, it was Ingle's fault. True. <laughs> Oh, we can be sidetracked. I think we can be sidetracked. Always. Let's talk
0: walking and Andready United. We've got three more teams to get through after this. Now, this has been a classic Walking, One car is good, the other is trash syndrome. So we have unfortunately the trash, which has been Nick Percat and Warren Luff. and well sorry, Nick Perkat has had just an awful season. He hasn't had any sort of consistency. He's had flashes, but he's been broadly nowhere. And he's only had one top ten, uh one top five, which was the Australian Grand Prix. Um, and otherwise sits fifteenth in the championship. Can yeah, Walkinshaw ever get season. can can Walkinshaw ever get two cars working at the same time?
1: I mean, nothing Zach Brown has a hand in seems to get two cars working at the same time. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Doesn't happen, doesn't happen in McLaren. Doesn't happen in United at the moment, and not
0: at Walkinshaw either. Apparently, um, no. It's been uh, kind of disappointing because we've always wanted to see what Percat could do in a car that's been you know, up at the pointy end and we're finally there and, you know, this is a, a coming home for perkat as well. Remember, perka is a Bathurst 1000 winner with Garth Tander in yeah. 2011. So, this
1: is like a return yeah. for, for perka And the team, and this team back in the HRT days. Exactly. But, exactly. It's just an absolute shame and it's also a shame that the wasting Warren Luff in this car uh, well I don't necessarily think that's wasting uh
0: you know Warren Luff is a serial Bathurst podium getter as a co-driver he's got seven podiums in 10 years so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that Luff has this connection with Walkinshaw and you know that car could be a dark horse for a a top 10 or a top five or a podium result you never know with 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 yeah. with Luff in that car and with perkat in that car
1: that's just that Walkinshaw. You just know, if they can't get two cars together, yeah. But that's an, that's an F the size of Melbourne at the
0: moment. Well, fair enough. Um, and, and like we know, we know Percat's talented. We know uh, Pye, uh, yeah. the Luff's talented. So they just got to find Walkinshaw. Just have to find something. And remember, Walkinshaw are the reigning champions here with the twenty five car. They destroyed everyone last year uh, with Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth. Uh, but Mostert has had possibly the most hot and cold season of any of the actual big players. He won the first round yeah. and then was nowhere in Perth. He had a DNF at the Australian Grand Prix uh, and has been, you know, he's been just kind of everywhere and nowhere, um, but has taken race wins as well, which has
1: been really important. Yeah, he's had very much a Katie theory of seasons. So <laughs> the fact he's fifth in the, in the race, that has been the fifth in the overall title at the moment. I think shows that yes, when he is on, he's been brilliant. I don't think he's been at the SVG level, but he's been pretty good. And of course, they mentioned one last year. You, know, you want form guide? These form guide. Yeah, exactly. Um, the more intriguing thing here to me is how Fabian's going to do.
0: Well, Fabian fits the mold as the just retired supercars driver that is way mm-hmm. way better in a good car than you think.
1: Yes, and we've seen that in previous years. GT comes to mind immediately. Lee Holdsworth comes um, to mind. Exactly, just out, still, relatively race fit. You don't you don't think he had to drive these things in, in half a year? So, I know he wasn't super impressive when he gave up full time driving, but. I'm so intrigued to see what he can do now. To be fair, he because was in a
0: Team Sydney car, so, you know. Let's be
1: true. Yeah. Um, so, I reckon they may sneak a podium in this car. I agree with the They'll 25. They'll need the luck. Yep. They'll need quite a bit of luck. But I feel like they can do it. We know they're both fast enough, too.
0: Absolutely. What
1: about the number it's, two? What it's about- just whether Number two? Nah. Nah? I'm putting them in the 10... In the ten, and honestly, I'm going to say just in the ten.
0: Yeah, I it's it's one of those things you never want to ride off a Walkinshaw car because you mm. never want to ride off a Walkinshaw car, but it just hasn't been the season for Nick Perkett. So who knows? Yeah, but we've said that before in the past with Scott Pye and Warren Luff, and they've come through for a second place as well. So what do you do? Secret? Who 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 knows? Who knows? Um, I think I think you're maybe being a bit harsh on Mostert in terms of only just sneaking a podium remember last year he just monstered this entire event so I reckon if the form guide is you know the form guide if 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 Mostert is hot then he'll almost be unbeatable but if he's not he's going to be nowhere that's going to be the thing
1: yep yeah. and I feel like we won't know how these guys will go until Friday
0: yeah well yeah pretty much uh, three more teams to get through. We've got the second half of the Tickford Garage, Monster Energy, and the Snowy River Caravans entry, which they make sure to say every single time they talk about that car, because obviously someone's paying them a comically sized bag of money
1: <laughs> to do so. Um, this is the- I was, I, I, I've got a feeling that Cropo owns them or something. I don't know. Is that <laughs> Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, we've got here the number five car of James Courtney and Zane Goddard as the, uh, the sort of the challenger, and then the only car really to take it to van gisburg in this season the number six cameron waters partnering up again with james moffat so let's talk about the number five first courtney's been around forever now
1: yeah i mean i can still remember talking about him as a young bloke and that was what 20 years ago well yeah he he replaced marcus ambrose at
0: stone brothers in 2006 Is when he started driving in the supercars championship, but before that, he had an open wheel uh, career over in Europe that came to a very abrupt end. So he's been around for a long time.
1: He has been, Uh, he's what 42 now. There's been people saying, Has he been here too long? But honestly, his season this year is like not been that terrible, yeah
0: he's taken two podiums, which is more than a lot of other teams have managed to take as a full
1: team, let alone as a one driver. Hmm. Yeah. And to think that he was going to be shafted out of a drive, not 12 months ago. Yeah. It's been super
0: interesting to see how he's kind of just always found a way to sort of stay in the championship. And like, If he's in the second Tickford car, which he clearly is, he's actually not doing too badly. He's sitting just outside the top 10, which, you know, Ambition would say you'd want that car to be in the top five of the championship, but, you know, Brad Jones has three cars placed between 19th and 24th in the championship, so we can't have everything in life. Um, What
1: about Zane Goddard? Young bloke, he's uh, Well, sorry, young bloke, duh. He's, what, had a season and a half and then sort of went nowhere. Because that was... That was with Matt Stone and and when they did the Super Lights scheme going.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's been it's been interesting to see how Goddard has progressed or otherwise hasn't. Um, is he racing
1: Super 2 this mm. year? Uh, I believe he may be. I'm going to actually just go to the PDF of the wikis. And he's racing S5000. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it has yeah. been sort of racing. We should had one podium.
0: Yeah. Um, what do we reckon Uh, you know we've seen this sort of pairing before you know we had Todd Kelly and Matt Campbell a few years ago where you've got a very experienced head and a young driver still trying to find his feet Um, is this going to be a, a car that you reckon can challenge for the top 10 or is this a car that's looking towards future seasons for Goddard
1: this is a one for the future I think glean as much learn as much as you can from JC and apply it when you get this car in 2024 when JC retires
0: with that in mind, whereabouts you reckon this car will finish? Maybe just scraping into the team, but I've got it in the happy to finish. I'll put that in the happy to finish as well for JC and Goddard. Now, one of the big uh, team well, big cars to keep an eye on is the number six, Waters and Moffat. We've seen this as a... Uh, a uh, let me try that again. We've seen Moffat as a co-driver win the Enduro Cup before. This car was on the podium last year. It was on the podium the year previous Cameron Waters has been the one driver to really stand up and fight with Van Gisbergen in, in the latter stages of races, currently second in the championship. Does does Cameron have a
1: chance to win Bathurst here? See, I'm conflicted about this car for two very big reasons. Yeah? One, I cannot
0: stand James Moffat. Yeah, he's a bit of a
1: flog, isn't he? is an absolute I'm not going to say anything because you just have to bleep it. And I've never really thought he's been super quick either. He's got a tendency to just push cars a little too hard or push the walls the, you know a bit too close. And I don't know if that's what you necessarily want in a car that should otherwise be contending for a podium. Yeah, we have seen
0: times where he's overdriven a car. So uh, I think there was a a year at Bathurst, I think it might've even been 2017, where he was in a Gary Rogers motorsport car in the top 10, in the top five, perhaps, in the latter stage of the race and put it in the wall with like three laps left. And like, Mm. because he was trying too hard. And I think that's, you know, probably something that sums up Moffat's driving style is at times he tries too hard.
1: Yeah, and I think it's another case of small bloke syndrome. Yeah, possibly. But uh, just, I really want to be positive on this car, but I'm finding it really hard. Because it, we know Cam Waters is a podium getter. He's going to be this car on the podium if his co-driver plays a lot.
0: Well, it's, it's worked the last two seasons. Waters, you know, almost was on Van Gisbergen's case in 2020 and then was on Van Gisbergen's case in 2021 until Van Gisbergen had the tyre drama. So, you know, it's two podiums in two seasons. You know, Third, then second. Do we see that step mm-hmm. up to first? Nope. I mean, not with Shane Van Gisbergen in the field. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So we're putting this as a podium chance? Yep, yep. Podium chance, for sure. I firmly agree. Now, we've got... One more team to get through before we get to the absolute big guns that we're going to gush over. We've got DJR, the Shell V Power Racing team, uh, of Anton De Pasquale and Will Davison. Now, I don't know about you, Chris, but despite being second in the championship, I have not been impressed with that DJR this season.
1: Not even remotely. The reason we say that is because they're second by an... Absolute truckload. Like there's one out team, and it's not even close. They're just not doing good enough. It, it is with just, the potential they've got, with the drivers they've got. It is just that
0: simple, isn't it? Then they're, they're not. They're not good enough. They're not doing. They're not doing what they hmm. they should be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the one the one thing they've got going for them at Bathurst, they've actually put a retro livery on the car.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Well. I'm so excited for the livery. Uh, that's uh, you know what? It's kind of sad to say that that's the most excited I am about DJR at the moment. is the fact that they put the livery from 1998 on that car, and it means that they're running a different livery that looks way better than mm-hmm. the same livery that they've used for the last four seasons. That's boring and old
1: diet. Yeah, but also it also fix me because that memory brings back. No, that livery brings back memories of Paul Radisich talking to a horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um. Let's 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 flesh out a bit a little bit more. Anton De Pasquale in the number eleven. He's driving with Tony Dalberto. Anton hasn't taken a win this year, despite being in positions to win races almost every weekend. Now, I don't know about you, but that sets off alarm bells for me. Just can't finish, can't seal the deal. And that's kind of problematic because, yeah, at Bathurst, you have to be able to seal the deal effectively. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, You
1: can't win this race without selling the deal. Exactly. uh, Because no one's going to sell it for you. What about Tony D'Alberto as the co driver? I think, well, he's definitely been better as a co driver than he was when he was driving week in, week out. But no one's scared of him. Yeah. He's solid, he's capable, he'll give you the car in a reasonable position, but he's not going to go out there and drive to win you a race.
0: Would that car be stronger with Scott Malachlan in it? I mean, duh.
1: Duh. Yeah, exactly. Best cars are. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> God, oh, God, I just had a horrible thought. What? What if Triple Eight do Triple Eight and decide next year to have Scotty and SVG in the same car?
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be hilarious. I want. I want to see that now. Okay, back on track. Back on track. Number seventeen, the famous Dick's famous seventeen at Bathurst. Oh, we've got the brothers Will and Alex Davison. Uh, now Will Davison's probably been the better of the two. Uh, DJR cars this season. Um, he's he's actually broken through for race victories. Um, and he's been able to capitalize broadly when he's been in a race winning position. But he's also had the team let him down when they've been in race winning positions.
1: Yeah, what was it you mentioned about before? Leaving a wheel gun on the car. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Um, And wasn't there one pit stop where they forgot a wheel?
0: Uh, Or am I getting confused? I think you might be getting confused. That sounds like Ferrari and F1.
1: No, my thing's a Ferrari and F1. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they just haven't, like, I'm glad he's getting wins and glad he's getting really good results. But he should be doing more. And And his co-driver here ain't going to help. So
0: what do we think of Alex then? Alex had a a long supercars career that didn't really, you know, reach the heights that we were expecting after winning Porsche Cup, Carrera Cup in Australia. And then he went overseas and raced in Porsche Carrera Cup overseas and didn't really get anywhere. He did have one or two drives in a GR racing GTM machine in the WEC and didn't really go anywhere. Uh, is 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 that a trend?
1: Yeah. He hasn't really done much as a co driver here either. He's been with Will for a few years, seasons now, And this weeks of a partnership more of convenience more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I've been know, at- like, oh, Will, here, yeah, bring your brother down. Make a weekend of it. Go yeah. get pissed off the weekend. I've got to say, if their
0: Bathurst this year is anything like their Bathurst last year, where they were effectively anonymous and it was just disappointing. I'm going to be very, well, I'm going to be very disappointed, but the problem is I don't see it going any other way for them.
1: Hmm. And this is what I think annoys me most about these guys. DJR had the resources and the pool to go get any, almost any co-driver they want. Okay, yes, Scotty Mac decided to stay in America because it's probably going to be too difficult for him to get here. But there's plenty of other guys in Australia young up-and-comers or experienced heads, they can say, hey, come drive with one of the most famous teams in racing. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're wasting this car.
0: Oh, I, I'm not even sure it's that. I, I don't I don't think they've got the the hardness in the team anymore. I don't I don't think they are capable, without Penske there, of being ruthless. And I think that's been the the biggest change in the team culture over the last few seasons.
1: Oh, I think, and I think Dick's always been like that mm. as a team owner yeah
0: yeah that's that's a good point point. Uh, and unfortunately the culture flows down from the top so mm. do we see these guys as a podium getter
1: maybe the 11 but that's a very big maybe so I'm going to say top 10 I'm putting both of them in the top okay. 10 <laughs> yeah. yeah which is weird to say because which they are set in bad to the championship yeah Yeah, so weird to say. And I feel like that prediction is going to bite us on the backside really quickly.
0: Well, either we're going to be amazing and we're going to get it exactly right, or they're going to boss the entire weekend and we're going to have egg on our face. I'd be happy with that,
1: (laughs) but I can't see it happening. Exactly. I'd be happy with egg on my face.
0: (laughs) Now, let's talk. We've been building it up the whole podcast. Let's talk Triple Eight Race Engineering. They've got three cars, the two full-season cars and a wild card. Where do we want to start? Well, let's start with the wild card first. Save the big boys till last. So the wild card is the return of the triple eight number, which is fantastic to see. It, of course, will have Craig Lowndes back for his own um, uh, Bathurst one thousand because it's been so many at this point. Um, yep, and alongside uh, alongside him is current Super Two Championship leader Declan Fraser. So that is a really really interesting car in terms of the. Most experienced of the experience and the most useful of the youth.
1: Mm. And I think Deacon Fraser, he is Triple H's next tab off the rank. Yeah. Should Gizzy decide he's had enough of this and go conquer the universe, um, he'll be in that seat without a doubt. Um. He and CL, (laughs) CL. This is very much the young and the reckless. (laughs) I love that. Oh. has there,
0: is, there, is it possible that there is a driver that has done more laps around Bathurst than Craig Lowndes?
1: Not when it's alive.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, it is just really... It is almost, again, like a little bit of a fever dream having Craig Lowndes at Bathurst once again. But he wasn't actually... He didn't actually retire all that long ago. Now, when you think about it.
1: No, he didn't. Um, yes, he's been in the com box, but he's still been driving Enduro car. Hmm. And what he's forgotten about motorsport, most people... Going to remember in their lives,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So, if Declan's going to learn
0: from anyone, well, this this kind of yeah, exactly. This kind of reminds me of last year's wildcard effort for Triple Eight, where you had Brock Feeney and uh, Russell Ingle. So you had a, a young driver mm. very eager to learn on the fast track up into supercars, along with a very experienced older head who could sort of level that out and you know round off the edges, so to speak. So is this well, this yeah. of course is Triple Eight grooming Declan for. The future.
1: Mm. And they're bringing back the old boss at a retirement, Roland Dane, for this one.
0: Yeah, brilliant. He's,
1: I think, caring the engineering. Oh, so, love to see that. Yeah. So, honestly, this car, I'm putting in the happy to finish category because I don't think they care about where they finish. I
0: want to see them in a top 10. I reckon I reckon of all the wild cards that could do it, this one is going mm. to be the one.
1: Oh, they're perfectly capable of it. I just don't think they give a crap. Fair enough. They consider this is
0: their race right miles. Fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll save a question for after we talk about the next two cars. So we've got also the number okay. 88. We've got Jamie Winkup stepping in to partner uh, uh, Brock Feeney. So Jamie Winkup back in the 88. Feeney has actually had a, a quite impressive season. I've been I've been happy with Feeney's report card so far this year, is, is my hmm. assessment of it. What about you? Solid B+.
1: Solid B+. He's got a B plus. He's done, I think, better than I expected. Uh, He's been in contention a few times for a super result, and he's made the most of, I think, of what he can. He's currently sitting, what, sixth in the championship uh, with a couple of podiums?
0: Yeah, comfortably sixth um, ahead of David Reynolds Mm -hmm. and behind uh, Chas
1: Mostert. And the last few races, I think he's just developing a little bit of mongrel in them as well. And it's been good to see. So, you know, he's still very young.
0: He's only twenty, so he's still got a long way to go. But this is a great launchpad for him.
1: Absolutely, is. And his co-driver here is absolutely not going to hurt him one bit. I don't know. Has you
0: know?
1: the curse of Mathurst <laughs> been lifted? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, J Dub. He's um, only you know how many does he won? Seven. One uh, thousands or championships.
0: Championships. Uh, yeah, he's won seven championships. That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you know, you know, he's, he's only he only a part owns the team. He's yeah, he's, he's nobody.
0: Uh, yeah, this will be this would be a car to keep an eye on, uh, of course, because a it's a triple eight car and triple eight are the best in the business. B mm-hmm. because it's got Jamie Winkup making a return to the driving seat, which will be very impressive. I uh, hopefully he's still got it. Um, and C because I want to I'm see sure Brock, does. I want to see Brock Feeney really. I want to see him be the mm. top driver
1: of the team that we know that he should be. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Yeah, it's lap one. It's lap one forty one. Yeah, Jamie's been in there for a. Jamie's been in the car. You know, he, or Brock's been in the car for two stints. Jamie's in the sideline ready to go. Your intention for when it's your final pit stop, do you keep Brock in the car for a third stint or bring in up to finish it off?
0: That's a great question.
1: Um, and do you say no to the team owner when he says he wants to jump in? That's
0: that's that's, that's, that, that's a great question.
1: Uh, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad I'm not managing that.
0: I'm sure that Triple Eight will have their own desire, like their own game plan. I don't think mm. Jamie's ego is that big <laughs> in terms of demanding to get into the car to finish the race in a race-winning position. I, I but, This isn't an ego
1: thing. This is a pure talent thing.
0: Yeah, that's the question. I, I I would... It would very much depend on how the race has been shaping up. If it's if it's like... Mm. If Finney's been the quicker driver, that's I, I'd probably keep him in. If he has any complaint at all, like if there's any modicum that he might not be at 100%, I'd say, Jamie, get in.
1: So that would be my thing. Yeah, because... And this is going to lead to my point, and I think... You may agree. These are the only two partnerships, this one and the one we're going to talk about, where there's, in my mind, two really solid A drivers. As in the co-drivers are A drivers? Like proper A grade, top line.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. Everyone we've talked about has been either, like, a solid, will give you the car back, okay, or a young up-and-comer that's, you know, going to come through the ranks. But yeah, I'm going to say Jamie Winkup and then for the next car, Garth Tander are the the two that you would say could still be on the supercars grid right now.
1: Yeah. So and I think that's their massive advantage. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the number 97. Shane Van Gisbergen partnering with Garth Tander. This has been a partnership that's gone on for three seasons now. They won it in 2020. They should have come second last year, uh, were it not for a tire deflation in the very last throws of the race. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen has had a season that rivals his season last year, which rivals his season 2016. He has been untouchable in everything that he has driven, whether it be supercars, whether it be rally, whether it be sports cars. He has been untouchable. He has already got the equal most race wins in a supercar season with 18. And the fashion with which he has done so has been... Ridiculous.
1: It's been dominant to the point of absurdity. Absurdity. Yeah, <laughs> I like how we're swinging at the same word there. Yeah, it's um, it's been ridiculous. I, like, I think this has been even more dominant within, even when J Dub was in his power, even when Scape was in his power, even when Scotty Mac was in his power. Yeah, Before but I think Scotty Mac had done dizzy but jesus can't think of a season like this this is the thing right it's been you you, you use that word earlier
0: it's almost as if the other drivers, drivers are scared of him he just has had a way mm. of driving around issues in the car issues in strategy it doesn't seem to matter what the other teams will do triple eight they've just found, found a way to put him in positions to win races
1: yeah, it's like, okay, okay, you're um in the pack. We're going to bring you into the pits. So you can do 20 laps on the center tires, by the way. You're quick in the field already. Or, okay, you got clear here. Let's make the most of it. Oh, good. You're 20 seconds ahead of the field by now.
0: It's just ridiculous. And he he always seems to have some pace in his back pocket to just turn it on when he needs it. So it's been... it's been...
1: Oh, it's like, oh, I need to pass Cam Waters into the hip and it tells you. okay, I'll just put it here and he can't do anything about it. Bye. Or I
0: need to pass Cam Waters onto the main straight at Pukekohe. <laughs> That, yeah, okay, that make this happen. Oh, that yeah. that battle with Waters at Pukakai was ridiculous, but that's been sort of the epitome of the season. Waters has been the only one to really offer any resistance, because mm. ha- half the time the other teams are getting out of the way before they even get there, just through strategy.
1: Yeah, it's like they don't want to ruin their race, but they're really ruining their race by not fighting the guy who's going to beat them in the race.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what we're saying is Ben Gisbergen is just. If he doesn't win this race, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Add to him Garth Tander, who has been cleaning up everything in the Australian GT series alongside Yasser Shaheen. And like, this includes uh, Van Gisbergen and Jeffrey Ibrahim, by the way. Um, you know, very mm-hmm. often what will happen is Gizzy will win one, one race and then Tander will win the other race just because of who's in the car based on what's what. So it's just been, this is a, a driver pairing with no weak points. Yeah, no,
1: this was just, it's just- I, there's nothing more to say apart from, okay, this is going to be, if all goes to plan, which really happens at FF, this car will win. There's just no question about it. Yeah. So I've actually got a
0: different tier to what you've got, uh, Kiwi. I've had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ABC tier, and then I've got a space above that, which is S tier for SVG. <laughs> and That's where yep, this car is that's going. Fair. That's where this car is going. Yeah. That's
1: That's, Absolutely fair enough, and I can't believe that we're searching about a winner this far out of Bathurst, but it's hard to say otherwise.
0: It's very rare that you have a driver going into Bathurst with almost two full races in hand in the championship as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We we are saying that this is almost like we are making it sound like this is almost a forlorn thing, but. It almost is like if you've been watching the races this season, Shane has won eighteen races of the what? How many has there been? Thirty races so far this season.
1: Yeah, um, his worst result has been AGP where he had the Tygo boom. Exactly. Um, I think the field's biggest chance of win victory here against them is if he forgets. If he still thinks he's driving the Skoda from this weekend, takes it off track somewhere in in the in the rally car. Yeah. Yeah. does <laughs> have to go a bit of dirt bashing off the back of me. Skyline or something. That w- Yeah, well, that would be the only way.
0: And, you know, it, with Garth in the car as well, you're not expecting the co driver to bin it at any point either. So it it's it's very safe. Now, the question I have for you, yeah. Kiwi is it possible that Triple Eight 8 could do a Bathurst lockout?
1: Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's very possible if you could be two out of three. Can the Triple Eight do it? We've seen rookies. We've seen,
0: we've seen rookies with great results before. I mean, Nick Perkett
1: is a winner here. Yeah, let me consult the, my guru. What do you reckon, Phoebe? Can they get three cars? She smiles at me, so that's probably a yes. <laughs> that would be
0: redonkulous, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think it's
0: very possible. <laughs> Which is kind of terrifying, right? When has a team been
1: this strong? Like. Like this is, I, I mean, HRT were probably the last super team to be this altogether dominant, weren't they? Possibly back in the 2000s. Back yeah. in the early 2000s, that's oh, you, like that's like at the very verges of what I remember watching. So, yeah. like test- Stone Brothers had one good car and one that was thereabouts. Um, apart from that, yeah, Triple Eight. Like this is even more dominant when the Jamie Cup was in peak of his powers.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's 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 kind of terrifying to see see one team be so all-encompassingly dominant. Um so we've got that yeah. to look forward <laughs> to um Chris I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to think. I'll just give everyone a bit of a wrap-up of what other action is gonna be on track. So Bathurst the, the week starts really um with the parade into town um, but the track action starts on Thursday. Um, there's a bunch of support categories as well. The, 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 support action at Bathurst is actually pretty stacked. Um, it's got quite a packed schedule. So we've got, uh, Heritage Touring Cards, Super Utes, Toyota 86, Porsche Carrera Cups, Super 2 and Super 3 combined, uh, and the Supercars. So that's six series on track. Um, Supercars have, uh, practice, uh, two practice sessions on Thursday. Uh, two practice sessions on Friday with a qualifying, uh, pra- two practice sessions on Saturday with the shootout. And then of course the race on Sunday, starting at 10 45 AM Australian Eastern daylight saving time, which is GMT or UTC plus, uh, 1130. So, you know, a perfect flip of the clock for you guys in Europe. Um, and it is going to be a full on Australian festival of motorsport as it is every single year, uh, and as well, Chris, I got a little bit of uh, something to t- to let you know. Forecast for Bathurst Ooh. on Sunday: seventy percent chance of rain all day.
1: Oh boy! So we've got that to contend and with as a, well. And this is an FOM forecast of rain where it never happens. This is Bathurst; it will rain at some point. Oh yeah, that's gonna. I mean, it also makes it more likely for S V G to win
0: because he's just so good in the rain. But,
1: but holy cow! Yes, yeah, um, we haven't had a good rain race for a while, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: And I um, would say 2017, well, so- which was the last properly good rainway race,
1: was the best endurance race I've ever watched. Oh, I think, yeah, just the way the co- and all the co drivers did like 50, 60 laps in the rain, just without it, without a real incident, it was great to mm. watch. Um, so it's a shame we're getting those. No super five thousand this weekend, but that's a separate killer effect.
0: That's yeah, exactly. That's a whole whole other thing. Um let's um let's wrap it up because 'cause we've been going on for far too long. We've already ticked over two hours. Chris, give me your top three and I'll give you two supplementaries.
1: Okay. Well we got ninety seven, then daylight. Yeah. Bit more daylight, then maybe some daylight. <laughs> then then the eighty eight. Yep. So
0: that's Shane McEarsberg mm-hmm. and Tanda, and then Feeney and Wee Cup.
1: Yep. And then, oh, my God. I don't want to say the 11, but I'm going to say the six. Yeah, six for The third. six?
0: Waters and Moffat?
1: Yep. Yep. And then, yeah, give me the 11. The, uh, Deeper Squally and there. Tony D. Yep. Yep. And you know what? Because why the heck not? If you said the, the fifty-one,
0: 26. if you said the fifty-one, I'm gonna smack you in the head. No,
1: I think that's fifty-one. Like, I'm not that brain damaged yet. Yet, um, so, the twi- I was gonna say the Reynolds Campbell car.
0: Twenty-six. That's an interesting pick. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Interesting, interesting. Uh, what about you, sir? I was gonna say ninety-seven. Clearly, I was gonna say number six. I was gonna say twenty-five. I reckon if Mostert is on and if Walkinshaw are on. They are going to be up there in the in the mix. I I don't see how they oh, yeah. can't be. Um. Then I was going <laughs> to then I was going to say number eight, uh, Andre Heimgartner mm-hmm. and uh, Dale Wood. Um. And yeah. then my last one. I'm not sure. This is where it starts to get complicated.
1: Um, yeah, as as that's You've got a really. That's the thing with passage, You've got your top two or three, the next fifteen
0: yeah could be anywhere um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to say the number 20 I think Scott Pye and uh, Tyler Everingham I reckon that could spring a surprise a yeah, yeah but we would course... like a good Everingham pie. yeah oh mate get out um, <laughs> I can't wait to deal with this in the edit thank you Kiwi <laughs> no problem I just haven't dropped the swear words yet so when I do that I mean I have so that's fine we can sort that one out Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us once again. Of course, you can catch all the action of the V8 Supercars on Superview if you're outside of Australia. Um, Inside of Australia, you can catch it on Foxtel or on KO or on TV because it's on free-to-air, which would be sick. Um, Track action, as we said, starts Thursday. It is one of the brilliant race circuits. It's one of the brilliant race track... Well, sorry, race events. It's one of those few events that mean more than a championship and for that reason, we love it. Chris, thank you for joining me again.
1: Thank you, as always, for hosting Mr.
0: Zalavari. And thank you, everyone, very much for listening. We will see you again, hopefully very shortly. I've been Michael Zalavari. Peace out!